are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks. Today is Mailbag Monday, October 12th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 226th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day as well. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the show on your Monday, Grr Mondays, and <laughs> this is kind of a Grr Monday for me at least, because... The Blackhawks just keep making moves that are making me red hot, guys. On Saturday, we also had to say goodbye to Brandon Saad after saying goodbye to Corey Crawford on Friday. Saad was part of a package deal along with defenseman Dennis Gilbert sent to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for defenseman Nikita Zadorov and Anton Lindholm. And when I first saw this trade... I seriously can't tell you how frustrated frustrated I was to see that we didn't get at least a prospect or a pick in exchange for Brandon Saad, who was basically our top trade ship heading into the season. And I know this year, this year with the market being so low because of COVID and Saad having a $6 million cap hit, it, it was going to be tough to get the kind of return we wanted, but still, definitely disappointing to see we couldn't get either of those two things. And instead, we get another big-bodied second-slash-third-pairing defenseman, only further clouding up our blue line at the moment. We literally traded away Olimata last week, and then seven days later turn around and acquire a bigger-bodied Olimata and Nikita Zadorov. It's, it's just a move that doesn't make much sense to me at the moment. Right when I thought we had our defense figured out for the 2020 season, we go and we make a move like this. And I also question this decision by Bowman because there have been a lot of rumors from Blackhawks beat writers stating that not only will Ian Mitchell get his chance to make the Blackhawks opening night roster out of training camp, as we all expect, but Wyatt Kalanick will also get his opportunity as well. And you have to also figure that Lucas Carlson is somewhere in the mix. So unless another move is coming, which I'll get into that a little later, then this is just a move that, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Zadorov is signed on with the Hawks for one year worth $3.2 million, so maybe he's someone they think about dealing at the trade deadline in, uh, in a return, f- hopefully, for assets, or maybe he is truly someone that the Hawks would like to have on their blue line for the next couple of years. And look, I know... This isn't really the greatest start for Zadorov. I've talked about how I'm not really happy with the trade, but I I do like Zadorov in the game he plays. He's a big-bodied stay-at-home defenseman, six foot six. The Hawks certainly need to sh- uh, sure up uh, that part, that department going forward. They haven't been very good in their own zone in the past what three, four years now. And like Mata, Zadorov is a physical presence, but he takes it to another level. He had 175 hits in 64 games last season. That was 23rd in the NHL and significantly higher than anyone on the Blackhawks had last season. So Zadorov definitely brings a physical presence that the team was needing, especially after the loss of Mata and also Drake Kajula. 
He's not afraid to throw his body around, get into a fight. He should help the issues around the front of the net. So this could be a a sneaky good move for the Blackhawks. It's just a bit of a head-scratcher with the makeup of the roster at the moment. But but Zadorov, he does have a lot of strengths that are currently team weaknesses for the Blackhawks right now. He'll also help out on the penalty kill. That's a big add with Mata leaving this offseason. So, yeah, even though we didn't get a younger prospect or a high draft pick in return for Saad, and we also had to retain $1 million, I forgot to add that. Uh, Zadorov, he's still a really good young player who has loads of NHL experience for being just 25 years old. He's been in the NHL since he was 18. He was a former first-round pick of the Buffalo Sabres back in 2013. You know how how much Stan loves acquiring former first-round picks, but there has been some real progression in Zadorov's game if you look at his numbers. His possession numbers, they've gotten better with every year. He's definitely trending in the right direction there. He won't provide much offensively. He's like a 15 to 20 point guy. But I I think defensively, he's a guy that Blackhawks fans are going to learn to love. Or if if they can learn to love him, if they get over the fact that he was part of yet another another bad Blackhawks trade involving Brandon Saad. And for real, let's just take a second to talk about that. How, How Stan got fleeced all three times he traded, he made a trade involving Brandon Saad. The first time... He acquired Artem Anisimov from the Columbus Blue Jackets, which that looked like a really good pickup at first. He was playing well on that second line with Patrick Kane and Artemi Panarin, but by the end of his tenure, that contract was a huge mistake for the Blackhawks. And then, of course, there's the Artemi Panarin trade. Don't need to spend too much time talking about that one. And then over the weekend, the Blackhawks trade Brandon Saad. A huge piece of their top six, whether or not you liked him, Saad was a vital piece on both sides of the puck for the Blackhawks in the past couple of seasons. And to trade him for a defenseman who we're not really sure is even part of the team's future, that, without a doubt, is questionable, to say the least. The Blackhawks also traded uh, Dennis Gilbert in this deal. I liked Gilbert. He was a big-body defenseman that... I thought handled his handled his own in the defensive zone, threw his weight around. We don't have a lot of that in the system. I guess we did just get a uh, a little bit of that back in Zadorov, but I thought I thought Gilbert had some third pairing upside to him. I think we wrote ship on him a bit early in his development. We did get Anton Lindholm from Colorado in this deal as well, but he doesn't have much NHL future to him. Only six six games in the NHL over the past two seasons, and he's already twenty five years old. So. Taking that all into consideration, it's it's hard to say that Colorado didn't get the better end of this deal. Not only did they get the better player in Brandon Saad, but they also got the better secondary player in Dennis Gilbert, who actually could have an NHL future if things pan out well. Can't really say the same for Anton Lindholm, so definitely a bit of a disappointing move by Bowman and the Blackhawks over the weekend. And now we'll have to watch Brandon Saad play for the division rival Colorado Avalanche this season as they go on a hunt for the Stanley Cup. It'll be it'll be cool to see Saad back on a title contender. He deserves that from how well he plays the game on both sides of the puck, but man, it's it's going to be tough to watch him have to play for the Colorado Avalanche. That's a tough pill to swallow. But regardless, Sodder, thanks for all the hard work here in Chicago over your two ten years. A two-time Stanley Cup champion, huge part of that 2015 team. And I know it didn't work out how we all were hoping for, especially in the end, but it was fun watching you become a solid NHL player over the past decade, past half decade. And 
I wish you nothing but the best in Colorado. Definitely frustrating to see you're going to a division rival. And it's definitely also frustrating to hear that there wasn't much communication between the Blackhawks and Saad over the past couple of weeks. Kind of a similar situation with Corey Crawford in the Blackhawks front office in the offseason as well. And coming up in just a minute, I'll get more into the disrespect that Stan Bowman has shown the Blackhawks core players over the past week or so during our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Right now, Built Bar is offering a limited time release of their strawberry flavor, which for all you strawberry lovers like myself, sounds absolutely fantastic. And Built Bar is also offering 20% off on their limited release of strawberry, so be sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now before the deal ends at midnight tonight. Built Bar is also partnered with Barbells for Boobs, Breast Cancer Angels, the Huntsman Cancer Institute, and Living Beyond Breast Cancer, and will match your donation to any of those organizations up to $50 per order. Plus, 100% of the proceeds from the Built Breast Cancer Awareness Hoodie, that is just $19.95, 100% of the proceeds from that will go to those, those organizations as well to help support breast cancer patients and their families. So be sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and help support the cause. I also need to talk to you all about Roman. Roman handles everything from treatment to delivery of brand name ED medication. Genuine, doctor prescribed medication from US licensed physicians. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockdownNHL and if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Roman can be prescribed online and delivered right to your front door. So be sure to go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. And if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment from U.S. licensed physicians. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at JackBushman2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and to follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. So we just finished talking about the Blackhawks trading away Brandon Saad and defenseman Dennis Gilbert to the Colorado Avalanche over the weekend. Now it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. The first question I want to answer comes from at Aiden Walsh 00 on Twitter who asked, do you think that bringing Zadorov means Dahan and or Murphy will be dealt to make room for the younger defensemen? And this is a really good question, Aiden. I wanted to be sure to answer this one because I think it'll help make sense 
of the trade for Nikita Zadorov over the weekend. So I really do think that Calvin DeHaan is the next major Blackhawks player to be traded. Bringing in Zadorov after hearing about how Mitchell and Kalanuk will get their chances during training camp, that can only mean another defenseman is going to be on the move. It just doesn't make sense numbers-wise to have this many defensemen if another guy wasn't to be traded. And we actually heard Nikita Zadorov talk with the Blackhawks media this afternoon, and he said that Stan and coach Jeremy Colleton both told him that he's going to have a big role for the Blackhawks going forward. They expect him to take take a significant leap as a shutdown defenseman in the NHL. So it sure sounds like the Blackhawks are wanting to keep Nikita Zadorov around, not only for the season, but potentially going forward. And yeah, that, that makes a guy like Calvin DeHaan expendable. And I bring up DeHaan being the guy to go for a couple of different reasons. The first is that he has a higher cap it than Connor Murphy does. Those two guys are the most expendable Blackhawks defensemen at the moment. And Murphy costs the Hawks just $3.85 million over the next two years, while DeHaan's cap hit is at $4.55 million. So DeHaan costs the Blackhawks nearly a million dollars more than Murphy does. And even though he's established himself as one of the finest defensive defensemen in the game, DeHaan's been kind of injury-plagued throughout his career so far. He's had multiple surgeries on the same shoulder in just the past two years. And that could be enough of a risk that the Hawks would like to move on from DeHaan, especially at this point with all the surplus of defensemen in the system. I also think that Zadorov and Murphy's ability to play both the left and right side on defense is a luxury the Blackhawks would like to have with all the young guys coming up in the system. We're a little heavy on the right side at the moment with Connor Murphy, Nikita Zadorov, Adam Boquist, Ian Mitchell, and of course Brent Seabrook. So one of those guys, and maybe even two of them, will have to go and play on the left side. And having that option with Murphy and Zadorov to be to create so many different defensive pairings. Like I said, that's a luxury for the Blackhawks to have. So I think there are a couple different reasons why DeHaan is the next guy to go for the Blackhawks. But again, Connor Murphy also could be in that mix. I just think the Hawks would prefer to keep him at this point of his career over Calvin DeHaan. But Aiden, I definitely think someone is going to be on the move soon with the addition of Nikita Zadorov. So Thank you again for reaching out and asking your question, and definitely be on the lookout in the next couple of weeks. The second question I want to answer comes from at Captain Pie Double Zero, a pair of double zeros today, I guess. But at Captain Pie Double Zero asked an interesting question, which was, if the front office keeps making players angry, what changes first, the front office staff or the locker room? And this is a really fun question to talk about. I mean, not fun because it's a disaster for the Blackhawks right now, but it's interesting for sure. And for those of you who don't know, Jonathan Taze had an interview with the Blackhawks media over the weekend. I believe it was The Athletic, uh, where he talked about how the core guys of the team are a little pissed off with how the Corey Crawford situation went down and just the general direction of the team at the moment. There's definitely a disconnect between those core players in the front office right now. Taze, Kane, Keith, we've heard each of them share their displeasures in the past, whether it's just a little jab from time to time. You can tell these guys, they're kind of upset right now, and Taze's interview this weekend confirmed that. I I would be upset too if I were them. Not only are 
Not only is the front office not letting anyone know what direction the team is heading in, but they're also not showing respect to the players that have done so much for the franchise. And we heard it again today from Brandon Saad. He talked with the Avalanche media for the first time today, and he spoke about how there was very little communication between he and the Hawks before being traded the other day. And that disrespect is its seriously so ridiculous. These guys deserve the benefit of the doubt and should know what's going on with the franchise. But instead, it seems like Stan's just keeping everyone in the dark. And this this could cause a rift between the locker room and the front office. I don't, I don't think any of these guys are too happy with the situation at the moment. And the tough part of it all is that Keith, Seabrook, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane... All four of them have full no-movement clauses, and I don't think any of those guys would like to waive those clauses. They've been in Chicago their whole careers, and for Keith and Siebes, they've raised families here. So while I don't think it's realistic that any of those guys waive their NMCs, with all the latest news coming out about their frustration, it wouldn't be surprising, to say the least. But overall, I do think Rocky would step in before letting Stan trade away Kane, Taze, or Keith. Maybe they'd let Seabrook be moved, but no one wants him, so I doubt that happens anyways. But uh, I'm going to guess the front office would go before those core guys do. I think in a year's time, if the team isn't where they want to be, Stan Bowman will be relieved of duties. But at the same time, they've shown an unwavering confidence in Stan up to this point. But hopefully we can just (laughs) avoid this problem at all costs by having a much improved regular season where we actually show some direction as a group. But at the moment, things definitely aren't looking good between the Chicago Blackhawks front office and the locker room. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that takes care of our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. Aiden Walsh and Captain Pie. Thank you again for taking the time to reach out and ask your questions on Twitter. I hope both of you got the answer that you were looking for. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to break down the Blackhawks' decision to sign forward Matthias Janmark to a one-year contract this morning via free agency. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at TalkinHockey. Or you can also always email the Locked On Blackhawks email, which is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, the Blackhawks, or anything that has to do with the Blackhawks draft picks and their moves during the free agency period. Okay, we just wrapped up our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a couple of questions from a pair of lucky Locked On Blackhawks listeners. Now let's talk about the Blackhawks signing Matthias Yanmark this morning to a one-year, $2.25 million contract. And that was definitely another interesting decision by general manager Stan Bowman after claiming the youth movement was going to take over for the Blackhawks going forward. Yanmark, he's he's a good player. He spent the last four seasons, his first four in the NHL, playing for the Hawks division rival Dallas Stars. And he's he's been a solid third-line player for them the past couple of seasons. He was a big help during their Stanley Cup playoff run this year. He had eight points in 26 postseason games. He was a big part of the team's success on the penalty kill. And that 
that's likely where he'll help the Blackhawks the most. He'll immediately step in for Brandon Saad on the penalty kill. He'll help sure up the Blackhawks game on the defensive side of things. Yanmar can play both center and wing. He's been more of a wing in his career so far, but he has that capability. That's always nice to see from a winger. So I, I do like this move. I think Yanmark is a good depth piece, and his contract is for only one season. So worst comes to worst, we'll just ship him away at the deadline. But what I am struggling to understand is just why Stan would bring him in when supposedly the young guys are going to get their opportunity to play this year. This move only crowds up the Blackhawks' bottom six even further. Looking at their bottom six for next season, the Blackhawks at the moment are slated to have Pius Suter, Dylan Strom, Andrew Shaw, Matthias Yanmark, Zach Smith, Ryan Carpenter, and Matthew Highmore, not to mention Brandon Peary and John Quenville down in Rockford, and also Philip Kirishev and Mackenzie Entwistle. Those those guys and a couple others will be looking to make the jump to the NHL full-time at some point next season, so for only six or seven spots available, the Blackhawks sure have a lot of players in the bottom six, and that's the reason why I wonder about the acquisition of Yanmark. It's not because of his game at all. I like his game. He doesn't provide a ton offensively, but... He can be a 30 to 35 point guy on the third line who performs well on the penalty kill and plays hard in the dirty areas. I just see this move as uh, more of a move that the Blackhawks would like to make if they were competing for the Stanley Cup because I believe Yanmark, he's the type of player that helps make good teams great, not make mediocre teams good. Kind of like a Marcus Kruger, for example. Like, when you start expecting Kruger to do things, that's when things start to go wrong a little bit. And that's kind of the same for Yanmark. He's never going to wow you. He's never going to be a reliable offensive guy. And I just don't know if he makes a bottom feeder like the Blackhawks a much better team. So those are my only concerns. But overall, I'm definitely excited to see Yanmark get to work. He had his first interview with the Blackhawks media this afternoon. He said he wasn't given a role per se like they gave to Nikita Zadorov. They told Zadorov right away he's going to be in their top four. Uh, but for Yanmark, they told him they like him as a two-way guy who can fill in fill in any spot in the lineup. And that's, yeah, that's exactly it. He'll probably play the wing, can bounce around and play some center. We've seen Zach Smith kind of be in that role. So, Yanmark, I'm excited to see him play. I'm excited to see him work hard. I think he could be a good example of what a bottom six player should look like to a lot of these younger guys. But what this move tells me more than anything is that there are still a lot of pieces that are going to be moved from the Chicago Blackhawks. I talked about it during the mailbag segment. I think Calvin DeHaan is on his way out in Chicago. And while a depth piece, maybe like Andrew Shaw, Ryan Carpenter, maybe Zach Smith, if someone is, is willing to take that on for maybe a 6th or 7th round pick or something, one of those guys, they could also be on the move to help clear some room for some of the younger guys that are trying to make the jump to the NHL. That's my biggest takeaway from the Matthias Yanmark signing this morning. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens in the coming weeks before knowing exactly what role Yanmark will fill in the lineup and who he'll be playing with for the 2020-2021 regular season. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, October 12th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast for all the latest news from all 31 teams around the league during the free agency window. 
thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Locked on Blackhawks podcast, hit me on one of my two Twitter accounts, or you can also always email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thank you again for listening to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.